0: but there's also a human impact to that it's through you know our lens our our viewpoints sometimes they're rose colored and sometimes we have blinders on and so i think there's two parts to innovation is is the 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 improvement in whatever you're doing but it's also the acceptance of of people to to adopt uh, to adapt for to our
1: that's Kenneth Bowes, Vice President for Offshore Wind Siting and Permitting at Eversource Energy, defining innovation as a new and better way to do things, an essential notion in the world of offshore wind power generation, and one of several excellent points made today on SPARK, the Innovate Long Island podcast. there she blows. is Spark, the Innovate Long Island podcast, featuring up-close conversations with the inventors, investors, executives, and entrepreneurs fueling the dynamic Long Island innovation economy. Spark is a production of Innovate Long Island, the home of exceptional thought in Nassau and Suffolk and beyond. Today's episode is made possible by the generous support of Communications Strategy Group. Exciting socioeconomic winds are blowing across the nation as President Biden reanimates an alternative energy industry left for dead by the previous, I guess you might say, fossilized administration. And nowhere do those forward-looking gales blow stronger than Long Island, where offshore wind power is the talk of the towns and numerous stakeholders Local governments, private companies, top universities, national laboratories, and others all jockey for position in the clean generation power play of the next century. Among those surfing the winds, Eversource Energy, a New England-based Fortune 500 company dabbling in retail electricity, natural gas services, and water services with about 4 million customers on land and some serious ambitions at sea. Partnering with Danish multinational power company Orsted, among those surfing the winds, Eversource Energy, a New England-based Fortune 500 company dabbling in retail electricity, natural gas services, and water services, with about 4 million customers on land and some serious ambitions at sea. Partnering with Danish multinational power company Orsted, Eversource is developing the Bay State wind site off the Massachusetts coast and two projects off the Montauk coastline, South Fork Wind and Sunrise Wind, with commercial operations slated to begin in the next few years. Coordinating these trend-setting projects is Kenneth Bose, Eversource Energy's Vice President for Offshore Wind Siting and Permitting. In that role, Ken, a New Hampshire native and electrical engineer by trade, Is responsible not only for picking the right locations and obtaining the right permits, but ensuring the farms are complemented by the proper transmission infrastructure. A hectic combination of heavy duty science and major league lobbying that keeps the energy in that role. Ken, a New Hampshire native and electrical engineer by trade, is responsible not only for picking the right locations and obtaining the right permits but ensuring the farms are complemented by the proper transmission infrastructure, a hectic combination of heavy-duty science and major league lobbying that keeps this energy industry veteran extremely busy. So we're thrilled that he could spare some time today to catch us all up on Long Island's electrifying wind energy future. Ken, welcome to Spark, and thank you for coming on the show today.
0: Oh, thank you. This has been... uh Certainly an interesting journey so far, and, and it's not, uh, not, not over yet. I'm looking forward to, uh, to our discussion this morning.
1: Well, there are a lot of angles to cover when it comes to offshore wind, and it's kind of hard to know where to begin a conversation like this. So I guess we'll start with the big question, at least from Long Island's perspective. Um, as a national offshore wind industry takes shape, uh, from your perspective, what is Long Island's role? Uh, its place in that national movement.
0: So I think New York has positioned itself in, in Long Island specifically to be uh, a first mover in this industry in the U.S. It is a mature industry, especially in, in Europe and in other parts of the world. And we have, a, you know, obviously an onshore wind uh, industry that is very mature here in the U.S. But, uh, but I think New York and Long Island specifically have a, have a key role. Uh, the first in the nation, you know, major offshore wind farm will, will be, you know, located, you know, off the coast of, of New York. Uh, one of our competitors, Vineyard Wind, is is moving ahead with that with a recent federal decision. Uh, the South Fork Wind, which you know terminates on Long Island, is second in line and right behind that, and going through that federal permitting process now. Um, you know, we're deeply involved in the supply chain activities. Uh, with training activities, with I- interactions with local communities, as well as local universities on Long Island. So I think uh, you're you're in the middle of it right now, and it's uh, a very exciting time. You're just at the infancy here in the U.S., but uh, you're at the right place at the right time.
1: Yes. Now, now, some, if not all of this, is, is made possible by President uh, Biden, who immediately upon taking office, prioritized alternative energy, uh, including directing the U.S. Department of the Interior to create a wind energy area in the Atlantic Ocean uh, between the Long Island and New Jersey coasts. Um, what does that kind of top-down support mean for Eversource, especially after years of let's say, fossil fuel bottom feeding from the White House?
0: Yeah, I'm not going to get into the politics of of what transpired. We were actually fairly successful over the last few years in advancing our projects. Uh, Clearly, when you have alignment from the federal government, the state policies, and the local stakeholders, that's when things start to move. And if any one of those three uh, is not uh, appropriately uh, addressed that's when you start to have issues but but anything in this long development cycle it's you know eight to ten year development cycle so you're going to have changes in administrations at the federal level and certainly at the state and local levels in that time frame so it's that certainty and consistency is what you have to strive for
1: Well, Eversource has two projects now cooking off of Montauk, uh, Sunrise Wind, which is sited about 30 miles east of Montauk Point, and South Fork Wind, which is located about 35 miles east of Montauk Point. Um, First, why two farms in such close proximity instead of one big one?
0: Yeah, two different needs and and two different customers. So the, the first project I'll talk about is South Fork Wind. THAT WAS REALLY DRIVEN BY A a LONG ISLAND POWER AUTHORITY RELIABILITY NEED TO PROVIDE CLEAN ENERGY INTO THE SOUTH FORK OF LONG ISLAND. THERE ARE TRANSMISSION CONSTRAINTS IN THIS PROJECT ALONG WITH BATTERY STORAGE AND DEMAND RESPONSE WERE SELECTED IN AN RFP SEVERAL YEARS AGO. BUT IT'S REALLY FOR A LOCALIZED NEED THERE ON THE SOUTH FORK. Um, WHERE THE SECOND PROJECT SUNRISE was really to address the larger goals that New York has. And that was a solicitation done by NYSERDA for large-scale offshore wind. And in this case, we chose a location, you know, central Long Island in the town of Brookhaven to interconnect. And that location has the capability to support a much larger project where the South Fork project, you know, in East Hampton on the South Fork, Really, the infrastructure isn't there to, to interconnect large amounts of offshore wind. So both projects are kind of tailored for the individual needs. They have two different customers, but ultimately, they serve all of the consumers in, in Long Island.
1: Stakeholders across Long Island are taking wind power very seriously, as you know, Uh, among other things, uh, SUNY and the uh, New York State Energy Research and Development Authority, the aforementioned NYSERDA, uh, are assembling a $20 million offshore wind training institute uh, with Farmingdale State College and Stony Brook University taking the lead on that. Um, Does an effort like that help position Long Island as more of a national player in this developing industry? It, cl- it
0: clearly does. And, uh, you know, our, our partnership, you know, Sunrise Wind uh, is integral to that as well. As We committed $10 million to National Offshore Wind Training Center, more for the physical, you know, work that will be needed. And another $5 million uh, for Stony Brook University to develop research and development uh, projects associated with advancing and innovating uh the offshore wind industry here in the US. So we're, we're complementing the, the state um uh, you know state grants and the state processes and uh, other developers are as well. as there are infrastructure improvements being made by you know other developers and obviously by you know, by uh, our project summarizing and South Fork. So I think you, you, as I said before, right place at the right time and there is consistent um you know, consistent leadership here at the state level that uh, has provided some of that, uh, you know, initiative to to get these projects moving.
1: Uh, a lot of that leadership comes from uh, New York State's offshore wind master plan, which was introduced in Albany, I think, back in 2018. Um must be useful to your work, uh, I'm sure. To have a master plan, sort of laying out goals and and ways to get there, has the, from from your viewpoint, has the change, has the plan changed much in the last three years, or is it is it stayed consistent?
0: Well, so I think the needs are consistent, the desires are consistent. I think they've now started to fill in many of those blanks around, you know, how much wind can be interconnected into the New York power agreement. Where are the best locations to do that? And, and you're, you're now starting to see some of the state siting processes move forward, whether it's the Public Utility Commission, Public Service Commission's process for, you know, Article 7 siting and permitting, or whether it's the, uh, you know, coastal zone management authorizations for projects. So a lot of the processes are now coming together to support the policy initiatives at the higher level.
1: In addition to high-level policymaking, there's there's grassroots support for projects like this. Uh, you must work closely with groups like the New York Offshore Wind Alliance, which is a diverse co- coalition of organizations, uh, let's say a shared interest in developing offshore wind farms. Uh, are organizations like that common in the states where Eversource uh, has offshore plans, and how much do they help?
0: Well, certainly the uh environmental you know NGOs non-government organizations as well as the you know business and industry groups uh the environmental regulators uh, you know there's the stakeholder groups grassroots as well as uh, you know organized labor things like that all have a common interest in offshore wind which is I would say highly unusual to have that much public support and stakeholder support for the offshore wind industry. That's a, a you know, not something that, to be honest, I'm, I'm used to. I'm used to being in a in a much more um, you know focused area around you know getting a specific project built and you know the the balancing you have to do between the natural environment and the human needs. Most times those are not always in alignment. Here with offshore wind, there's tremendous support for it. Interesting, you you go to a meeting and and the majority of people speak about an infrastructure and they speak in favor of it. That's not always the case when when you advance other projects.
1: Even in New York, though, where support, as as you note, is strong, and particularly on Long Island, where offshore wind has sort of been a socioeconomic imperative that they've discussed here for years and years uh so of course there are stakeholders who are excited to see it coming to fruition but when it comes to mega projects like this uh, there's always another permit that you have to get always another logistical challenge always a legal battle to be fought uh residents in east hampton for instance uh, have resisted plans for an offshore wind power transmission cable to come ashore on wainscot beach uh, I think on its way to a LIPA substation. Um, how does a company like Eversource handle that, uh, not in my backyard set?
0: So, so I think we always look to, um, what the local needs are. In this case, the, the town of East Hampton established a, a very ambitious, you know, clean energy goal several years ago. Uh, this fits nicely into that. Um, there are local impacts, especially during construction, that we're trying we're going to try to minimize. Um, I'm directly involved in that, you know, the settlement process that took place with the New York State agencies and many of these local stakeholders. And we had you know more than twenty eight meetings with, with these groups over the course of nine nine or ten months. Uh, so we did listen. We did we did adapt and we have you know a very robust you know, compliance or set of compliance requirements in the article seven process that the uh, public utility or public service commission approved. So we, we clearly listen, listen, we adapt mm-hmm. and, uh, and we try to address the impacts and minimize those for any stakeholder group that, that we're going to have
1: interactions with. So what comes next for the Long Island projects?
0: So we're, you know, I would say in the final stages for the South Fork Wind project right now of the siting and permitting. We have a, a full federal uh, schedule in front of us that takes mm-hmm. us out through the end of the year, and we expect all federal permits uh, in January of 2022. The state process, you know, will, will complete in the fourth quarter of this year uh, with the final design and approvals and permits issued. Uh, so we plan to begin construction and uh, be well into that at this time next year. So
1: Uh, on Orsted's website, I'm sorry, go ahead. It's kind of changing from,
0: you know, from a development opportunity into a a construction project.
1: Orsted says uh, 132 megawatts coming out of South Fork Wind by 2023 and some 920 something megawatts coming out of Sunrise by 2024. those those good target dates?
0: So for, for South Fork Wind, yes, that's a very firm date. Uh, for Sunrise, we hope to get our notice of intent, which is part of the federal process, which lays out their uh, federal permitting schedule. We hope to get that this summer. So that's when I can answer the question about a firm date on uh, on the Sunrise project. But that's clearly the, the timeline that we've described. And if the federal process moves forward as we expect it, I think that's still a fairly consistent uh, timeline. Uh, and that is 924 megawatts, and that would uh, terminate at uh, Smith Point County Park and then uh, go on onshore for uh, about 17 miles of onshore transmission and interconnect at the Holbrook substation, all within the, the town of Brookhaven.
1: Now, I, I don't imagine that offshore wind is the end-all, be-all of future electricity generation, but more of a part of a whole. Is that right? I mean, it's it's one most, of a number of alternative energy solutions.
0: Most definitely. There's a there's a diversity that you need for the supply of, of electric power. And uh, offshore wind will continue to advance. We'll take a larger share of that as you know, various fossil you know, generation alternatives fade away Uh, but it is a a certainly a transition it's not going to be all offshore wind i I will say that offshore wind and solar complement each other very nicely Uh, the the lulls in in wind typically coincide with the maximum output of solar you know midday and offshore wind you know is available about 93 percent of the time so you get that continuity especially through the evening hours which is uh, a nice compliment to, to the solar industry.
1: What about uh, new storage technologies generating the power when the wind is blowing and saving it for when it's not? Are they making enough progress on that end?
0: Clearly, uh, Long Island's taking the lead on that uh, as well as several RFPs issued and awards been given for you know, large-scale battery storage um our partner university is also developing you know a um hydrogen or so green green hydrogen if you want to frame it that way using offshore wind to to develop and store hydrogen which again can be injected into you know natural gas systems can be used to power vehicles uh space heating requirements things like that so i do think that uh, because of the energy density of hydrogen that will play a a major role um, in the decades to come.
1: Uh, Where does Eversource go next? Uh, You have these projects in the waters off of uh, Massachusetts, New York, uh, New Jersey. Do you go south? Do you go north? Do you look to the Gulf? Where where is Eversource heading next?
0: So we're really focused in in the Northeast. and We believe our, our best markets are in New York and New England. We have about half of the lease area or the three lease areas that we uh, jointly own with with Orsted still available for development. So we want to build out the rest of those wind farms in future projects. There are upcoming solicitations in Massachusetts, Rhode Island, New York, that uh, we will be very active in. Our partner obviously has, Orsted has, uh, you know, less geographic focus than we do they're developing projects along the eastern seaboard as well as you know all over the world so we will uh, you know certainly look for opportunities outside our geographic
1: area but uh, we're really focused on the, the consumers
0: here in new york and new england
1: from many perspectives uh, offshore wind power is the epitome of innovation um how do you define innovation ken so a great question
0: so i think a lot of people um, you know, talk about technology and relate that to innovation. Uh, I think it's a, a little bit broader than that. And uh, I came across the saying, you know, in, you know, developed it, maybe added my own flair to it, but uh, I think it's as with anything. There's always a better way to do it. I just can't see it yet. And that has a, a couple parts to it. Is the innovation part is there's always a better way to do things. But there's also a human impact to that. It's through, you know, our lens, our, our viewpoints. Sometimes they're rose-colored, and sometimes we have blinders on. And so I think there's two parts to innovation: is is the the, the improvement in whatever you're doing, but it's also the acceptance of of people to to adopt uh, to adapt to our
1: Kenneth Bowes, the rare genius-level engineer who can actually speak layman's English. What a pleasure to talk to you today. I can't thank you enough for sharing your knowledge and insights and your time uh, with our audience. Um, Before I let you go, we're going to give that audience a chance to know you a little better, playing a little game I like to torture our guests with. Uh, I have my two cards here, one marked Word Association and the other marked Which is Your Favorite and Why?, And you get to choose, Ken. So what would you like to play today? Oh, a brave soul, ladies and gentlemen. Ken is going for word association. Okay, make yourself comfortable. Here we go. It's just like when you go to the shrink. Electricity. Essential.
0: Renewable. The future. Coal. Bad Santa. (laughs) <laughs> Gale. Um, so, Gale, I'll assume that that's the, the offshore wind blowing. So, I'd say it's, uh, it's clean energy coming to New York. Nice. Regulations. Necessary. The future.
1: Is bright. Outstanding. He is the Vice President for Offshore Wind Siting and Permitting at Eversource Energy. I am the editor over at InnovateLI.com, and this is Spark, the Innovate Long Island podcast. Thank you, as always, to Innovate LI President Marlene McDonald, our man in the chair, Arthur Germain, and all of those marketing geniuses over at Brand Storytelling and Communication Strategy Group. And, of course, thank you, dear listeners, for your minds, your ears, and your time. May the wind be at your back. We'll catch you next week. Thank you for joining us at Spark, the Innovate Long Island podcast. To recommend a guest, contact us at editor at Want to refresh and rebuild your brand? visit our sponsor, communicationstrategygroup.com forward slash innovate.